we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. When you discover the cause, the effect can be wiped away. But we are always dealing with effects. Hello and welcome to episode 162 of Urgency of Change. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast is compiled from carefully chosen extracts from the archives, representing different approaches to many of the fundamental issues and questions that we all face in our lives. This week's theme is cause and effect. Upcoming themes are frustration, gurus, and opinion and judgment. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in Hampshire, UK. Brockwood is also home to Brockwood Park School, an international boarding school offering a personalised holistic education for around 70 students. It is deeply inspired by Krishnamurti's teaching, which encourages academic excellence, self-understanding, creativity and integrity. Please visit brockwood.org.uk for more information. You can also find our regular Krishnamurti quotes and videos on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on cause and effect has four sections. This first extract is from Krishnamurti's second talk at Brockwood Park in 1982, titled Ending the Cause of Conflict. And also we talked yesterday about relationship, human relationship, intimate and not intimate. How we are in constant conflict with each other in our relationship, man, woman. I'm sure you, we know all this, but we tolerate this conflict. We are put up with it. We are educated to accept conflict. <coughs> and that's we co- conflict we consider is necessary, a form of progress. So, where there is conflict, there it cannot be love. We talked about it briefly yesterday also. Conflict has a cause, and has love 
a cause. If I love you because you give me food, sex, comfort, dependence, I feel attached to you because for various reasons, economic, social, health. Is that love? Please, I am asked, we are asking this question. The speaker may ask you, but you have to ask this of yourself. Has love a cause? The two, two words are contradictory. Because our present of so called love has a cause, and therefore in it there is always the seed of conflict. So, what has a cause? can end, the effect can end. And we ought to talk over together this morning so many other things involved, like fear, pleasure, loneliness, whether sorrow can ever end. You know, man has never understood or finished end sorrow. After millions of years, he's still living with sorrow and fear, pursuing something which he thinks is real, true, and is always disappointed. And to achieve that reality, that truth, he must struggle. Conflict is necessary to achieve that which is beyond all time. So we are trained, we are educated, it's our habit, our tradition to struggle, to live in conflict. Conflict is not only personal, but the conflict with other people with other nations. So we are asking what is the root, the cause of this conflict. Please, you are asking this question with me. Please don't wait for an answer from the speaker. We are both together examining the cause of this endless conflict between human beings. Conflict of religion, conflict of nationalities, the destruction of human beings who believe in something different from you, the conflict of ideologies, conclusions, Can this conflict ever end, or must human beings everlastingly live it? 
What is the root of this conflict, the cause? If one can find out the cause, then the effect can naturally be sterilised, wiped away, or end. But if we don't find the cause, the deep rooted cause, then you may try to affect the try to alter the cause. You understand? If I don't find cause for my unhappiness, I live always in my unhappiness. If I don't find cause for my sense of loneliness, I'll always tolerate it, put up with it, be frightened with it, go through the various travail involved in loneliness. But if I can find the cause of it, I can end it. So we are trying together. We are not accepting what the speaker is saying. speaker is totally anonymous. It's not important what the speaker is, but what he says he is important. So, <coughs> what is the cause of this conflict? First of all, look at the ideologies man has created. The Russian ideology, Marx, Lenin ideologies, Mao Zedong ideologies, the Christian ideologies, the Hindu, the Buddhist, the Tibetan, the American, democratic, is one of the causes of this conflict ideologies. You understand? Please ask yourself this question. You are Christian, which is an ideology, with your form of worship, mass, and all the tradition that goes with it, the peculiar dresses and so on. And I, as a Hindu, if I'm I'm not. I, as a Hindu, if I am one, have my own peculiar ideologies, my own beliefs, my own faith, my own superstitions. So we are in conflict with each other. We tolerate each other. You understand? But yet there is the strain between us. You believe in one thing and I believe in another. There is the whole totalitarian ideologies and the democratic ideologies. These ideologies are at war. Right? So we are asking, is one of the roots of conflict any form of ideology, any form of intellectual 
conclusions based on study, based on inquiry, come to a conclusion, and you come to a different conclusion, studying the same thing, and so we are at each other. Right? So we are finding out whether our ideologies are one of the causes of this conflict in the world, and also in ourselves, which is, I conclude something from my experience. I've, I've had an experience of a peculiar kind, I hold on to it, and you have another. So there is a difference, there is conflict. Can one then, if ideology is of one of the root causes of conflict, can one live without ideologies? Answer, work it out, think it together. Do it, please, as we are sitting here, inquiring, do it. See whether one can be free. If you think ideology is one of the roots, causes of wars, disturbance, conflict, whether those ideologies are necessary at all. Ideologies are the projection of thought. That thought may be have inquired, studied, accumulated a great deal of historical knowledge and come to a conclusion and holds to that conclusion. Another does the same thing. So there are two different camps, dividing each other, arming each other, killing each other. Right? And we are doing the same thing in our private life, in our relationship with each other. Or two. So, can one be free of all ideologies? We see the cause of it. The cause is, we think that with ideologies, with ideas, with ideals, we'll be secure, we'll be safe. And we discover that ideologies in themselves, created by man, will inevitably bring about Conflict. Right? There is the cause, which is the cause, the cause is isolation. Isolation may be 200 million people on one side and 10 million people on the other, or two people on one side and 10 on the other. So, Having discovered the cause, which is the desire to live according to a pattern, traditional pattern or ideological pattern or a noble pattern, such ideologies will inevitably bring about isolation. And that may be 
one of the major causes of conflict. Now, when one has observed this fact and the causation of it, to be free of the cause, I should be free of the desire, of the urge that in ideas, in conclusions, in concepts, ideals, there is safety. Either it is a fact or it is not. It is a wrong conclusion. Conclusion, you understand again? Which means separate. <laughs> I don't know if you see that. Moment we come to a conclusion, it breeds isolation. I believe in Christ and you don't. I believe in the Buddhist way of life and you don't. So there is this constant struggle, which means the brain has accepted a pattern of living according to some idea, a concept, a symbol. And there is the illusion in that there is safety. So I cling to it. But when you point out to me the nature of this movement, either I reject it entirely, which is natural, or if I am at all sensitive, at all aware of the world as it is now, then I begin to inquire. Then I begin to see that the facts are much more real than the conclusions about the facts. Right? So, can one be free of the cause of this ideological concept of life? Which is really a very, very serious question. Because from Plato, Aristotle, and from the ancient Indians, ideals have become extraordinarily important. And we live, according to the Greeks and their conclusions, though we have expanded, we have narrowed it down, and so on. So the same thing, this whole idea of living according to an ideal, which must breed conflict. Right? Which is, I, the fact is what is, not what should be. There should be as no fact whatever. What is is a fact. Right? So we are asking also are there other factors of conflict in one's life? We are asking this question because, not because, we are asking this question naturally, is there a way of living 
in our daily life a peaceful, vibrant, active life, not just sleepy life, to be free from all conflict, to have no problems. Problem is a is another factor of conflict. Right? We are trying to find out a way of living entirely different from what we are living now. What the world is becoming more and more insane. And there are those who want to be sane is rather difficult in this world. So is fear one of the causes of conflict in our one's life? We said Ideals may be one of the factors of conflict, because it takes away from us the f- facing the fact. And we are asking, is fear one of the factors of conflict? Is isolation, which is part of fear, is that a cause of conflict? Isolation. Me and you, we and they, the enemy and the allies. You understand? This perpetual process of isolation. I identify with one group against another group. The Buddhist group, the Christian group. You understand? It seems so absurd. And it's fear. One, a major factor. What is the cause of fear? Because as you said, when you discover the cause, the effect can be wiped away. But we are always dealing with the effects. I am afraid of that person, or I am afraid of thunder. Or I'm afraid of my wife, husband, a dozen forms of fear. And we want to wipe away the effects of fear. We never question whether fear can totally end, which is to find out the cause of it.
The second extract is from the third talk in Sarnen, 1982, titled The Effect Can Be Ended by Ending the Cause. We live by thought. <coughs> Yesterday, tomorrow and today is this movement of the pa- from the past to the present to the future which is the movement of time and thought, that movement with its cunningness, with its capacity to adjust itself, as no other animal does, except a human being, is that movement of thought, born of the past, is that intelligence. Is that... Will that produce confusion? Right? So, thought has a causation. Obviously. I want to build a house, I want to drive a car, I want to be powerful, well-known, I am dull but I will be clever, I will achieve, I will fulfil, all that is the movement of a centre from which thought arises. Right? It's so obvious. We are through the obvious, we are going to penetrate which may be different. But first we must be very clear of the obvious. Now, that which has a cause and an effect, that effect may be immediate or postponed. The movement from the cause to the effect is time. Are you understanding? I have done something in the past which was not correct, because that is not correct because of various causes, and the effect of that may be, I pay for it immediately or perhaps five years later. So this where there is a cause and there is an effect, the interval, whether it is the shortest interval, a second or years, is the movement of time. So, is intelligence movement of time? No, don't please think it over very, examine it, because 
This is not a verbal clarification. It's not a verbal explanation. But the perception of the reality of it, the truth of it. Because we are going to go into various aspects of our life. Our daily living, not some utopian concept or some ideological conclusion according to which we shall act, but in investigating our lives, our lives is the life of all humanity. It's not my life or your life. Life is a tremendous movement, and we have, in that movement, we have separated a part of it and call ourselves individuals. We went into that the other day very carefully. So we are saying, asking, where there is a cause, there is an ending. If I have tuberculosis, I can the cause is my coughing and blood and all the rest of it. And that cause can be cured, and the effect will disappear. Please follow this carefully, let's follow, examine this carefully. I won't use the word follow, forgive me. We are saying where there is a cause, the effect can be ended with the ending of cause. Right? And all our life is based on is the movement of causation. I like you, you are my friend. You flatter me, I'm delighted. I say, I flatter you. You say something unpleasant, I hate you. In all this movement there is a causation. Right? Cause. We are asking, is there a life, a living, without causation? We must understand first the implications of ending. You understand? I I end anger or greed in order to achieve something else. I love you because you you are my audience. That is, you flatter me. I fulfil myself in talking to you. Right? And I feel 
sad or depressed when there is no audience. So there is always a cause and an ending. So we are inquiring, what is, what is it to end? Is end, ending a continuation? A continuation. I end something and begin something else, which is another form of the same thing. Are you following? This is rather going too slowly, I must go into very carefully. See, one must go to go into this very deeply, one has to understand the conflict of the opposites. Right? The conflict of duality. I am greedy, one is greedy, and for various social, economic, moral reasons I must end it. In the ending of it there is a cause, because I want something else. The something else is the result of the cause. I have not really ended the greed, but I have replaced the greed by something else. Right? I am violent. One is violent by nature, because that violence has been inherited from the animal and so on. We won't go into that. We are violent human beings. The cause of that violence may be very complex, but the result of that complex causation is violence. I want to end violence, because I think it's too stupid. And so in ending I am trying to find a field which is non-violent. which has no shadow of violence in it. But I haven't really ended violence, only I have transmuted that word, or translated that feeling into another feeling, which is, feeling is the same. You got it? I want to capture this. Are we cooperating together in this? I'll, we'll put it in ten different ways. You see, if thought has cause, which it has, then the ending of cause does it mean thoughtlessness? Or something totally different? 
If it is something totally different, then it has no cause. Right? Please understand it. Don't go to sleep, please. This is not an intellectual entertainment or verbal exchange, but this will have, if we go into it very carefully, deeply, it will affect our daily life. Because that may be the ending of conflict. Because our, our life is in conflict. Our consciousness is in conflict, is messy, confused, contradictory. And our consciousness is the result of thought. Right? And because thought has a causation, our consciousness has a cause. And what has a cause, and the movement of that cause as effect is time. We went into that. Is there a way of observing without cause? You understand my question? I want to observe all my complex life, my contradictions, once imitation, conformity, the various conclusions with their opposites, all that is a movement of causation. Right? Of course. I can end, end that causation by will, by a desire to have an orderly life. The orderly life may be born out of a causation. Right? Because I am disorderly. So, when discovering the disorderliness of my life and wishing to have an orderly life, that orderly life has a causation. And therefore, it is not orderly. Right? Is this clear? Yeah. 
It's a very complex subject, and I hope you will bear, have patience to go into it. So, is intelligence, has intelligence a cause? Obviously not, right? Now, I'm going to. What is order? There is the order of law. Based upon various experiences, judgments, necessities. Convenience to keep out the ill-doers and so on. So, what we call order, social order, <coughs> ethical order, political order and so on, has essentially a basis, a background, a cause. Now we are asking, is or has order a cause? We're going to investigate that together. Now, do we recognize, see how our lives are disorderly? Right? Disorderly being contradictory, conforming. Following, accepting, denying what we may want and accepting something else. The conflict between the various opposites that is disorder. Right? Because I accept one form of thought as order, but I think also it's the opposite. The opposite may create disorder. So there I'm living always in the, within the field of this opposite, right? So, will disorder end, completely end, in my life, in our lives, if I want order, I want to live peacefully, I want to have pleasant life, companionship and so on and so on. That desire is born out of this disorder. Get it? So the opposite is born out of this, out of its own opposite. Shall we call? going to... 
I'm angry, I hate, I mustn't hate, therefore I'm striving not to hate, and not to hate is the outcome of my hate. Right? If there is no hate, it has no opposite. Right? So the ending of hate has no op- has no result. I wonder if you capture all this. I see you don't. You see? Thought has created disorder. Let's accept, see that fact. Thought has created disorder in the world through nationalities, through division. I am a Jew, you are an Arab. I believe and you don't believe. You follow? Those are all the activities of thought which in itself is divisive, in itself. It can't bring unity. Because in itself it is divisive, fragmented. That which is fragmented cannot see the whole. Right? So I discover that I am, my consciousness is entirely in disorder and I want order, hoping thereby I'll end conflict. There is a motive. That motive is the cause of my desire to have an orderly life. Right? So, order is born there out of disorder. Right? Therefore, that order perpetuates disorder, which is happening in the political, religious, other fields. I want you to see that. Clear? Now let's go back. Now, I see the cause of disorder. I don't want to move away from disorder. I see the cause of it, that I am contradictory, that I am angry, the confusion. I I see it. I see the cause of it. I am not moving away from the cause or the effect. I am the cause and I am the effect. You see that? I am the cause and the things that happen is myself also. So any movement away from that is disorder. Right? I wonder if you get to me. So, the ending without a future. Right? The ending of what is has no future. Any future projected by 
my demand for order is still continuation of disorder. So can I? Is there an observation of my disorder and the ending of it without any cause? You get it? You understand? I'm violent when it's violent. One wants to be famous. One wants so many things. And there is violence in human beings. The cause of that violence is essentially a self-centred movement. Right? Right? You want you are violent because you are self-centred. I am also violent because I am self-centred. Therefore, there is a battle between us. Right? This is obvious. So, there is violence in me. I am not pursuing, thought is not pursuing non-violence, which is a form of violence. If you see that, it's very clear. Then I'm only con- there is only the concern with violence. The cause of that violence, as we said, may be so many contradictory demands, so many pressures which I, I put, and so on, so on. We can go into all that. I don't want to go into that for the moment. So there are many causes. The one cause of violence is this self. The self being, which has many aspects, it covers, hides behind many ideas. I am, I am an idealist. Hmm? Because that appeals to me. And I want to work for that ideal. But in the working of that ideal, I am becoming more and more important. Or I cover up that uh, by the ideal, and the very escape from myself is part of myself. Right? This whole movement is the factor of violence. I want to kill others, because by killing you there may be a better world. You know all the stuff I do. So, is there an observation, please, of disorder, seeing the cause of that disorder, and the ending of it without ending of it. You understand my question? Is this clear or not? I want I perhaps I spoke. I it is a habit. A habit which I want to break. 
I want to break because I'm, I want to be healthy. It's affecting my heart, my brain, my activity, and so on, so on. Therefore, I want to end it. There's a motive behind it, right? I'm really not ending it. I'll substitute smoking for something else, which is habit, right? So, is there an ending of habit? Ending of it completely. Not replacing it by something else. Goodness, I've explained it ten different days. Is this clear? Can we move away from that? So, our life has many causes, the living. Is there a way of living? without a single cause. Please inquire into this marvellous inquiry even. To put that question is in demand some deep search to find out. I want security, therefore I follow my Guru. I'm not following him, I want security. I may put on his robes or he, uh, copy his, what, his, what the man says and so on, so on. But deeply I want to be safe. And I cling to some idea, some picture, some image. And the image, the idea, the conclusion, the person can never bring about security. So I have to inquire into security. Is there such thing as security? Not physically, outwardly. There must be outwardly. Inwardly I'm talking about. Because I'm uncertain, confused. And you say, you are not confused, I hold on to you. Because my demand is to find some kind of peace, hope, some kind of quietness in my life. You are not important, but my desire is important. I'll worship you, I'll do whatever you want to say, I'll follow you. I'm silly enough to do all that. But the moment I inquire into the cause of it, I discover deeply I want this protection, this feeling I am safe. Now, is security psychologically Can, uh, rather, can there ever be security psychologically? The very question implies the demand for intelligence. You understand? The very, putting that very question 
is an outcome of intelligence. But if I say, no, there is always security in, you understand? in my symbol, my saviour, in this, in that, then you won't move away from that. But if you begin to inquire, look, then you are bound to ask, is there security? So, if there is a cause for security, it's not secure, right? Because the cause is more important than the desire for security. So, is intelligence has intelligence a cause? You, we'll come back to that, right? Of course not. So. Has love a cause? Come on, you're all, you should answer this question. Look at it, sir. Please take t- look at it very closely. Let us go into it very carefully. We said intelligence has no cause. Therefore, it is not your intelligence and my intelligence. It's intelligence. It's light. Where there is light, there is no your light or my light. It's not sun is not your sun or my sun. It is light, the heat, the clarity of light. Has love a cause? If it is not, then it is love and intelligence go together. You follow? You see this? When I say to my wife, or my, when one says to one's wife or one's girlfriend, I love you, What does it mean? I love God. One loves God. Why? You don't know anything about that bird, and you love him, because there is fear, there is the demand for security, there is the vast weight of tradition. The book says so, it gives you comfort. Right? So say, I believe in God. But if there is no fear, And the the discovery that intelligence is total security. And that love is something beyond all causation. 
You understand? Which is order. And then the universe is open. Because the universe is order. The third extract is from the second question and answer meeting in Sanin, 1982, titled Can You Live Without a Cause? As we said the other day, where there is a cause, there is an end. There is an end to the effect, and if the cause remains, it creates another effect. It's a constant chain, right? And we are asking, is there a life without any causation? Please go. You understand me? I'm asking my friend, do, do you understand what I'm saying? We live with causes. You know what, I won't have to go into that. All our life is based on many, many causes. I love you because you give me something. I love you because you have comforted me. I love you because you I'm sexually fulfilling. And so on, so on, so on. That's the cause. And the effect is the word I use is love, which is not. And any motive I have is a causation. So I'm asking my friend, is it possible to live without any cause, not belonging to any cause in the sense organized cause, or in myself to have no cause? Knowing if there is a causation, there is an ending, which is the time, which is time. Now we're going to find out together if, if there is a life, daily living, in our daily relationship, in our daily activity, not some theoretical activity. Actual, can one live without a cause? Look into it, my friend. Now don't look to me, but look at it. Look at the question first. Knowing, when I say I love you because in return you give me something, In that relationship of causation, there is always ending of that relationship. So we are asking each other, is there a life without cause? See the beauty of it first. See the depth, see the vitality of that question. 
not the mere words. We said, love has no cause, obviously. If I love you because you give me something, it's a merchandise, it's the thing of the market. So can I love you? Can there be love without wanting nothing physically, nothing psychologically, inwardly? Nothing, in any form. So that is love, which has no cause, therefore it's infinite. You understand? Like intelligence, which has no cause, is endless, timeless. So it's compassion. Now, if there is that quality in our life, the whole activity changes completely. The final extract in this episode is from Krishnamurti's sixth talk in Madras, 1964, titled No Effect, No Cause, No Motive. Without being quiet, there can be no clarity. And clarity can only come when there is peace. And you have space the moment you, the brain is quiet. I don't know if you are following all this. Absolutely quiet, but yet highly sensitive, not deadened. And that's why it's very important what you do all day. How you brutalize it by you, by circumstances, by society, by your jobs, by specialization, by your 40, 30 years in an office, grinding away brutally. All that destroys the extraordinary sensitivity of the brain. And the brain must be quiet. Then from there, then the whole mind in which is included the brain, then the mind is capable then of being completely still. That mind is no longer seeking, nor waiting for experience. No, 
experiencing anything at all. I hope you are understanding all this. You don't, but it doesn't matter. Just listen. Not to be mesmerized by me, but listen to the truth of this. And perhaps then, when you are walking in the street, sitting in a bus, watching the stream, or a rice field rich in green, then perhaps this will come unknowingly like a breath from, from a distant land. So the mind then becomes completely still without any form of pressure, compulsion, it's not a thing produced by thought, because thought has ended. The whole machinery of thought has come to an end. It must. Otherwise, thought will produce more images, more ideas, more illusions, more, more, more. And therefore you have to understand this whole machinery of thought. Not you can't stop thinking. But if you understand the machinery of thought, it is the response of memory, association, recognition, naming, comparing, judging. The whole machinery, if you understand it, naturally it comes to an end. The mind being completely still, then out of that stillness, in that stillness, there is quite a different movement. Not a movement created by thought, by society, by what you have read or not read. A movement which is not time of experience, because that movement has no experience. There is no experience. To a still mind there is no experience. A light which is burning bright, strong, it doesn't demand anything more. It is a light to itself. And there is a different movement altogether. It is not a movement in any direction. Because direction implies time. That movement has no cause. Cause Anything that has a cause produces an effect 
that effect becomes the cause and so on. An endless chain of causation and effect, the effect becoming the cause. So there is no effect, no cause, no motive, no sense of experiencing at all. So because it is completely still, It is naturally still because you have laid the foundation. So it is directly related to life. It's not divorced from everyday living. Then, if the mind has gone that far, in that, that movement is creation. then there is no anxiety to express. Because a mind that is in a state of creation may express or may not express. That state of mind, which is in that complete silence, it will move, it has its own movement into the unknown into that which is unnameable. So, meditation of which you do is not the meditation of which we are talking about. This meditation is from the everlasting to everlasting. Because you have laid the foundation not on time, but on reality.